And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Lauren Conaway to talk all about some great stuff. Hi, Lauren. Hi, how are you? Well, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for joining me. We're going to talk all about people's excellence today. I think you're probably down with that. I am totally down with that. Let's be cheerleaders. And you want to you hit the road with me? You want to take this one on the road? In it. Let's do it. Okay. So where are we going? Uh, well, I do believe, well, first of all, I just want to say that I was kind of dancing and boogieing a little bit to that uh, entrepreneur, Startup Hustle TV little little reel that we just played that was way fun so now i'm all amped up but let's uh let's talk some denver startups man we're going to denver we're going to denver i mean i love the mountains i love denver but you know i'd i'd rather go there in june than january which is not what most people think now do you know that i lived in colorado for several years i did not know that i learned i learned so Uh, many things about you I know I lived there for three and a half years ish. I lived there before weed was legal too. So maybe like the worst years to live there. Yeah. But you know, Aww. but yeah, so Denver, man, that's like our, our almost like our big brother to the West here in Kansas city. And, um, you know, I often refer to Denver as, um, being, uh, in a slight, slightly higher tier than our hometown of Kansas city when it comes to, startups. And I felt that until recently, Denver and, and Austin were really mm-hmm. occupying that second tier. And Austin, Austin done come up and they moved, kind of moved up. Everyone moved to Austin. So I'm thinking we're going to be able to slide Kansas City up next to Denver since we're so close. We'll be able to do a lot of stuff there. But yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I like Denver. So where, yeah. where do we want to start? I mean, do you have anything you'd like to say? I mean, it's like a, this cer- ceremonious occasion for announcing top startups. You know, I have something I want to say. I want to let everybody know that while we will talk about the top startups that we've identified in the Denver, maybe Boulder area, there might be a couple that snuck in from Boulder, but we are not listing them in the order. Like we don't do that. We just, these are just a list of companies that we've identified as doing cool stuff and we go through a whole lot of companies, or I, I'd love to say I do. I kind of look at the list and say, yeah, this is great. I, I, we have the easy jobs, right? Right. People are just like, here's some information. What do you think? Here, talk to people. It's great. I know people ask me all the time if I spend a lot of work, a lot of my time working on Startup Hustle. And I'm like, no, I like, <laughs> I, they give me, they give Ron Burgundy says what's on the teleprompter on many days. They give me you, a list. You know what you're I great at? It. You're like the world's best hype man for Startup Hustle. Like every time I turn around, you're just sharing something awesome that Startup Hustle is doing. And I, I, I really admire that about you, Matt DeCourcy. 
Well, thank you. And I never get on anybody's lists, which is kind of funny. You know, you know, what's really funny is like here in this episode about lists, I hate lists. I like, yeah. I think it's we've really had, easy had, to overlook people. Before. Yeah. You yeah. almost have like yeah. a visceral like rejection of lists when we, when we've talked about this before. So I'm kind of curious. I'm like, what, why? <laughs> But well, I think let me tell you why, because I think that many, many publications and many things and stuff out there, they're driven by the almighty dollar. So, I, you know, it, it, should you be shocked when, you know, XYZ publication publishes their ABC list of, you know, D, E and F. And next thing you know, it's like people that have magically contributed to that. Now, that said, this list is not tainted by dollars. But if any of the companies on the list want to want to want to sponsor some episodes or throw us some gas money, we're down. I mean, we'll, we'll, we can talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about it. So back to what we came to do. We've got yeah. a really big list today. You know, in other cities, we have stuck with, you know, anywhere from eight to 10. I think we've got damn near 20. So we should probably get to work. This is going to be a journey. Ladies first. Oh man. All right. So first up, we have Atomo Space. And I actually got to talk to uh, Vanessa Clark. She is the CEO of this company and she is, she's awesome. Surprising absolutely nobody. Um, but they, they do some really cool stuff. So um, CEO is Vanessa Clark. COO is William Kowalski. Um, they are in the aviation and aerospace, which I did not know this before I talked to Vanessa, but apparently Denver is just this huge up and coming city for aerospace development. Had no idea. Um, so Atomos is developing orbital transfer vehicles that reduce the cost of access to space by fostering greater ride sharing and launch vehicles. Um, and so basically they are making it easy and more accessible for companies to get their satellites up in space and get, get their, their crafts up in space. And I, I, I think that's really cool. Um, so they're developing this thermonuclear propulsion powered spacecraft to provide in space transportation options to satellite operators. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, if you're watching on the live stream, yeah, I'm shaking. That's not a bad connection. I'm shaking my head side to side because this is definitely the first startup we've ever had on any list that builds spaceships. I mean, how cool is that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, when we were, a little, when, above we my, were talking, a little above my pay grade, though. Yeah, I, we were we were totally geeking out, though. Like all I mean, the fact is, like, when you look at companies like SpaceX and the the, uh, you know, Virgin and like all of these companies that are making innovations, creating innovations, like we're going to have privatized space flight in our time. And it's becoming increasingly yeah. important for companies to be able to access and, you know, get satellites and get information and data up in space in order to stay competitive. And so, I mean, that was, that was kind of my takeaway, you know, when Vanessa and I were talking, but very, doing very cool stuff. Atomos. By the way, yeah. speaking of companies, you know, here we are not doing our jobs. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, <laughs> helping you build a software development team quickly and quickly affordably. And affordably. That's right, Fullscale, this episode. That's my own company on my own podcast. And I, yeah, 
I, I really need you to know that I'm going to be mocking you for that for forever. I was going to say, do you want me to call myself after this show? I do, because I have gotten that. that I need to make like, sure to what read the What the hell are you response? doing? You're forgetting. Uh, so, yes, I do. Actually, I'm happy to make that call for you, like Matt. You can call me. You can call me and tell yeah. me that I need to get the sponsor reads right. Because, yeah. Get your shit straight. Because like, <laughs> for those of you listening, that's something I would do. I would be like, hey, uh, you know, you forgot to like actually read the sponsor reads. So uh, we're going to have a little trouble bringing in some revenue on this one. It's true. So, all yeah. right. All right. So next on the list, we have Crusoe Energy Systems. And, you know, this is uh, Crusoe's states that they're on a mission to help the oil industry reduce routine flaring of natural gas. What does that even mean? So, you know, when you drill oil and different stuff, all kinds of like stuff comes up basically. And, you know, like natural gas and they burn it off and it's not exactly great for the environment. So, you know, the whole, the whole concept there is to make things a little cleaner and better for all of us. Now, this is a company that's raised $74 million in capital. So they're definitely, they're definitely uh, have, have dug their heels into the earth to try to help save the earth. And, you know, this is the kind of, I think these are the kind of startups that often kind of go overlooked, you know, because we get so focused on tech and this is legit, you know, green startup that wants to take what honestly is kind of a dirty industry with petroleum and clean it up. So we got to give some admiration to that. Um, And they've got some, you know, interesting, uh, the Winklevi are investors. No way. Did you just refer to the Winklevoss twins in plural? As Winklevoss, yeah, they did that in the social network, so I think I can do it here. Oh, okay. See, I haven't seen that. Yeah. So the Winklevoss, it says Winklevoss Capital. I'm assuming that's them, but yeah. So they've had a lot in there now. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend to be an industry expert with this, but you know, I mean, overall, when it comes to energy industry struggles, pipeline constraints, and increasing regulations around flaring and combustible stuff, I mean, that's what Crusoe's aiming to help with so there you go it's one of those things where it touches your life startups yeah that's one of those things where it touches your life and you don't even necessarily think about it or know how but it's just a really like broad reaching solution for a problem you know if matt Matt watson was here he'd tell us that's his favorite kind of business matt loves boring businesses that that uh operate in the background quietly efficiently and profit profitably yeah yeah. So speaking of things I like, the 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 name of this next startup has got one of those things in the name of their company. Oh, okay. Well, well, I'm gonna get without further ado, then next up we have Cake Insure. And I'm I'm assuming that you're talking about cake when you're talking about the things that you like. Well, yeah, but I like two kinds of cake. I like the band cake and I love cake. <gasps> in yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. All right. All right. Well, so so Cake Insure, we we've established that they're well names, but what do they what do they do? So, Cake is a mobile centric platform for business owners who need a straightforward solution for workers' compensa- compensation. Um, you know, they they allow organizations to buy workers' compensation insurance online. It's easy, fast, and convenient. And the fact is, like all of these entrepreneurs out there, like who have employees, I, I feel like this could be a potentially just a really cool solution for them, right? I mean, 
workers comp is a is a pain <laughs> benefits administered yeah, like I'll, all of that I'll, stuff i'll tell you why too it's because everybody has a different rate so yeah. basically different industries have different rates and then based on the number of claims that come in that can change and do a lot of different stuff it's kind of a moving target and it's something sure. that's required in every state so i think any kind of efficiency around that's pretty strong it looks like they've raised a little money too yeah 10.1 million in funding over one round that i'm always like i'm always blown away by by that like that so cool Way to go, Cake Insure. You're you're doing good work and you're getting good funding. That's awesome. You're you're blown away when someone gets ten million in one round. I'm blown away when someone gets five hundred. You know me. I'm just like, oh, that's amazing. Five hundred, like $500? Yeah, five hundred dollars. Yeah, five hundred dollars. I'm like, that's so cool, oh, special, awesome. I've I've that's given hard. you five hundred. I've given you five hundred dollars before. I I was blown away. <laughs> Eternally <you>. grateful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, next on next on the list. Now, here's the thing. You know, I don't know if the naming of this company, it's CU Ledger, and that's like big C, big U, big L, and Ledger. I don't know if that has anything to do with Colorado University, but it could. Um, but they, you know, that's a credit, credit union-owned company, and they focus on delivering innovative applications on a globally distributed ledger or blockchain. So, you know, this is something that a lot of people don't, you know, everyone talks about Bitcoin and blockchain. When it comes to financial management and different stuff, you talk about this distributed ledger, uh, meaning it's, it's out in a bunch of places. So you can't, so the way blockchain works is you can't change that record. And what that does, and I have a feeling that why, why the credit union uh, which is the credit union service organization. That's who owns the company. Um, this is a way to reduce fraud. And that's what that distributed ledger has the most powerful effect with, especially when it comes to financial institutions. Because, uh, and, and, and by the way, if you're an accountant or a financial anything, don't take that away. But ever since we invented money, we invented ledgers, and we invented accountants overwhelmingly accountants use the eraser on the ledger and uh, i'm not saying that that's a common practice but there are a few bad actors in there and one of the most common reasons that businesses fail or go out of business is due to fraudulent activity which almost always occurs from employees or some kind of accounting professional. Because like I said, they, you get that eraser, you take a spot off and you put a different number in, put the change in your pocket, and that's not good. So, and it's also illegal and something you go to prison for for a very long time. Now that said, using a distributed ledger or blockchain, you can lock those records in so you can't steal. Yeah, And that's, that's in, my, in my opinion, that's one of the, the, the more, oh, useful, and practical ways to answer what is blockchain good for right so well and everybody that I have, everybody that i have talked to about like bitcoin and you know in all of that everybody that i have talked to always mentions the fact like okay maybe like bitcoin or ethereum or like these different digital currencies like they're super cool but the greatest innovation to actually come out of this this concept is blockchain technology because everybody wants more accountability, transparency, and security yep. in their money, right? And and so I like 
I'm, all, I'm just so intrigued by this as a technology, but I have to admit, I don't fully understand it. So thank you for that explanation. Um, that well, was yeah, it's, yeah, and it's it's not just, uh, it's also got some major, the same blockchain technology has some really neat implications for future uh, your future in healthcare, because you yeah. could be recording certain things about your own medical record. And you know, you ever ask why you have to fill out the same documents like every single time? That's because something like a distributed ledger doesn't exist that allows a healthcare provider to look at your history or perhaps even vital signs that might be monitored from future wearables. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, right, like you're next. implications. So, so next up, all right, we've got CyberGRX. And they, computer and network security, they are providing the most comprehensive third-party cyber risk management platform to cost-effectively identify, assess, mitigate, and monitor, monitor an enterprise's risk exposure across its entire partner, partner ecosystem. Blech, that was hard. Um, it looks like they have raised a total of $99 million in funding over six rounds. That's like... A lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, but yeah. through, through automation and advanced analytics, the CyberGRX solution enables enterprises to collaboratively mitigate threats presented from their increasing interdependency on vendors, partners, and customers. So, um, you know, cyber risk, huge hot topic. Um, again, it's just kind of one of those those companies that has such far-reaching potential implications for the way that we do business today you know, the ways that we are innovating and how we, and how our world operates. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's stealing everything. That's right. You can't, you can't trust no one. It's, it's, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get on my soapbox here, but don't, if you be ready for what you will find, if you go down that rabbit hole of cybersecurity, because my God, it's, uh, that's why the industry has grown so fast. You know, one of the most popular yeah. episodes on Startup Hustle in 2020 was about cybersecurity startups. Check it out. That was with Eric, that myself and Eric Foster, uh, who owns a company here called Sedaris that has grown pretty quickly because they solve many needs. Yeah. All right. So this next, the next company on this list is one of my favorites because I've gotten to know the founder. Uh, they were involved in Launch KC. That's right. A company from Denver oh. was involved in a local business accelerator around insure tech here in our home on our home field in Kansas City and I got to know Ryan Matheson so he, he we just published an episode uh with them so glovebox is cool like this isn't this isn't what I'm going to call like super high technology they're not building spaceships they're not creating a distributed ledger that tracks the world uh, what they do is create some, more or less to I'll just kind of to uh, make it pretty lame in here. They have created uh, solutions for so there's like 35,000 independent insurance sellers or brokers uh, in, in the U.S. And the problem is, is when you and, and they all technically work for themselves, but they sell products. So one might sell State Farm or something else. The problem is, is when you have industries that are that heavily fragmented, it can stifle technolo technological innovation because, yeah. well, first off, none of those companies are technologists. And then they don't specifically work for just one insurance provider. So what Glovebox does is makes these really cool white label-ish 
solutions that allow all these independent offices to have their own app, to do a lot of connection to the, you know, an aggregation and, and stuff that connects their off. It creates efficiency in their office and also lets them have competitive and cutting edge products. So, you know, I think it's really cool. I, I love it when, when, and I had a really great episode uh, recording with Ryan uh, about this because, you know, it's so, it's so often the best businesses are built and created by people that started them after working in an industry. So he had a very, uh, very successful insurance agency for quite a while. And he spotted a bigger problem that needed to occur. They exited the insurance uh, business and went in to solve these other problems. And, you know, uh, passion and firsthand understanding of the pain that people go through are two of the biggest driving factors that that Matt Watson and I recently talked about. Now, do you know that Matt and I are doing a 52 part series this year about how to start a tech, how to start a tech company? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did know that. And I cannot think of two people better positioned to do so. Because man, you guys have you've been through the ringer and you've come out on the other side. And I mean, awesome. Love it. <laughs> well, then you just have Watson who's just like Midas. Right? He really is. Like, I do wonder what he did in the past life. But I mean, he's well, he just, I mean, he's just he's brilliant. Smart. He's yeah, just smart. <laughs> I mean, it's just simple. And, and honestly, much like uh, other entrepreneurs that I know. I mean, he's not afraid to take a chance. So, you know, Matt's yeah. uh, open for a lot of different things and a lot of stuff. And, you know, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that. But our first episode was, was about why do you want to start a startup? And, you know, and, the, and this, this, in this case, Glovebox was actually one of the top reasons why people want is they, they spot an industry, they're industry experts, they spot a problem we're solving and they have, and then they can usually gain traction or move it fast, faster, move it forward faster because they know other people in the industry or they're able to communicate with them on a different level. So yeah, Glovebox, Ryan Matheson, and and I think one company that will end up being a real success story from the Launch KC. If you want to check that out, launchkc.org. You do not have to be from Kansas City to do that. I got some really awesome companies coming through it. All right, Lauren, yeah. who's next? Uh, so next up, we have Flatfile. And I think Flatfile is another one of those companies, like they're not the the sexiest company, like it's not like aerospace or deep tech or, you know, those things that get like super geeks really excited. But Flatfile was built to transform the data import experience from painful to productive. Like that's that's what they do. And so like um, they are trying to find ways to, to create an experience that reduces frustration and makes it easier for customers um, to, to upload massive amounts of data. Like, and so they're, they're billing themselves as the world's first intuitive data importer. Um, and I, that's really cool. And I, I, so during my time in, in IT, um, we worked with a lot of like very large um, enterprise level projects. And I can tell you like from firsthand experience that, that data aggregation and upload was a, was a huge problem. Like there were always, always errors and always problems and always like you had to go in and clean up things that you never knew you were going to have to clean up. And so being able to, to harness the, abilities of a tool like this is is super cool so i'll give you some perspective here and you know when we were building gigabook so gigabook uh and go check it out gigabook.com 
Um, you know, people would want to upload their contact list or a whole lot of different stuff. Now, when you talk about an intuitive experience, I haven't used FlatFile, but we had to build a whole bunch of stuff to accommodate because people, everyone keeps their data and their info and their client lists or their contacts. They have different columns. They have different things. They have mm -hmm. different stuff, some things, and they're all in a different order. Now, look, computers aren't so, and, and servers and, and code in general, isn't so just intuitive on its own that it knows to put things in different file in different orders. So you get user A has name, address, phone, and then user B has just name and phone. So if you go to upload that to the server, you have to have some way to properly get people to assign this column of a spreadsheet to this, you know, different name and stuff right. like that. Now, now, that took us a while to build because we had to build a whole entire experience that a user went through. They were assigning columns and all this other crap and it took a long time. Now, now that was a while ago. Now, with stuff like FlatFile and other applications that are out there, it gives you the ability to vault your software platform or your whatever you're building forward like dramatically because it's that buy or build. You know, like, do should we build this ourselves or should basically rent it? So, yeah. you know, the things like this are, are a real dream come true when it comes to, especially when you want to build a minimally viable product at your business or startup, or maybe you have just an existing thing and you're like, God, we're work, we're doing a zillion other things. We don't want to stop and man, build a custom intuitive data import process and right. and you know really data is everything man so if your application doesn't connect to other things or doesn't it doesn't receive data properly and by the way nothing will piss off a user more than them uploading their stuff and then it's all wrong right it's all wrong that's oh, a yeah, great that's way to get people to leave your software platform. And speaking of software platforms, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. Finding <laughs> web developers and hiring programmers is hard, and we help make that easier. We work with dozens of different tech companies and all kinds of stuff to help you build a team that's your team that you have full transparent access to. We will make life easier. All right, next on the list in Denver's top startups, Hyperia. Under the computer like software, under the computer software tag, because that's not broad, but Hyperia captures, summarizes, and extracts key points from client interactions empowering your team to understand and enhance every touch point of the customer journey. Okay, if you sit me down and give me one-tenth of a beer, I will be loose enough in the lips to tell you that I personally believe that onboarding and user experience are the future of all software. And with, so with things like Hyperia, you talk about like, where do people fail? Like, where, where are you letting people down? And then overall, it helps solve what I often refer to as rule one. So rule one is, is this annoying? And if, you, if the answer is anything other than no in your software, you need to go back and do something different. So being able to extract key points from client interactions, it just that that level of, of data visibility and understanding the how, who, where, why, what of everything 
uh, really help you build a better product. This company's raised $2.5 million in 2019. So early stage, but they are on the way. Congratulations, Hyperia, for making it on to Denver's top startups. Lauren. Well, congratulations, Hyperia. I do have to say, so th this next company, not actually based in Denver. Um, so I'm okay. Uh, based in Boulder, but I'm really, really excited about it. So I don't, I don't know if you know this, Matt, but like, I'm a huge robot nerd, you know? So, so next up we have, we have Misty Robotics and Misty Robotics is aiming to build a robot for everyone. They want to put a personal robot in every home and office. And I have to tell you, I already have a robot that lives in my personal office, but he doesn't do a damn thing. Misty Robotics, they're trying to create robots that are there to help you, um, you know, providing safety and interacting and entertaining in friendly ways. And, you know, I just, I, I think that that is so cool. Like that's, to me, that is a beautiful, beautiful dream. Um, and so, so Misty Robotics, they have raised a total of 24.7 million in funding over four rounds. Apparently people get very excited about robots. Um, um, fully in support of everybody having, you know, I, I think it was Roosevelt maybe who said, or FDR said a chicken in every pot. I want a robot in every house. Thank you, Misty Robotics. <laughs> for, for you listening and not watching the live stream or the recording, Lauren did just hold up a fairly large R2-D2, which beep, boop, beep. you need to figure out, you need to hook that thing up because if you get it right he'll help you in the podcast he'll 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 turn on he'll turn on captions he'll play a video he'll you know hit the mute button if you have to cough or sneeze like you should probably get focused on on uh you know getting your r2 unit up to speed if only i wish r2 talked to me that would be amazing i just I mean, gonna make it happen I believe in Yeah, that. I think that's cool. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. I, I can't even imagine the complexity, the frustration, the uh, patience, and everything else that is involved and required when it comes to building robotics. Because like, you know, we, we look at certain things and we think, oh, man, this is just amazingly advanced. And we are still in the infancy of so much of this. All right. It's time for the next one on the list. I just like that the name. Outrider. Outrider. So they are a pioneer in autonomous yard operations for logistics hubs, helping large enterprises improve safety, <laughs> increase efficiency. The only company exclusively focused on automating all aspects of yard operations. So when we talk about yard operations, like, okay, so if you're a, a shipping port, you, you have a yard, a storage yard with containers and all kinds of stuff in it. And there's all kinds of, of things that are going on there. Now, what Outrider does is eliminate manual tasks that are hazardous and repetitive. And we were just talking about robots. So that's exactly what you're talking, what you have there. Like there's all these things that people do. Well, first off, people don't overwhelmingly just don't want to do remarkably repetitive tasks. So people right. talk about what's the future of automation and robotics. It's basically doing all the jobs that no one wants to do or jobs that are hard or like, or like wear you out, like or require a lot of precision or, or, you know, yeah, like just so or, many different applications. Or, 
<laughs> or or worst case scenario, if something heavy falls off of the top of the stack, it falls on a robot and not on someone's dad. You know, and, are here and that, to protect us. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, for now until they take over and kill us all. But we let's should appreciate not talk, them. Let's not ignore the robot overlords. Okay. I'm looking not forward yet. to a robot world, just so you know. Just kind of, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really like people all that much on many days. So, you know, I've been working on the map bot for a while. The problem <laughs> is, is I started building it and I realized it was a lot like me. So I immediately deleted it. I was like, I can't even. <laughs> the last thing I need is to multiply. All right. Who's next? I just want to say really quickly, like, Matt, I like you. I do. Thank you. Thank okay. you. There you go. It makes me uh, feel better. Good. Yay. That's my job. Um, so next up, we have Pana. Uh, Pana is the first corporate travel platform exclusively for world-class guest trips, including on-site interviews, customer visits, internships, and more. Founded in 2015 from Techstars Boulder, Pana has since raised 12.5 million from investors, including Techstars Ventures, 500 Startups, FG Angels. Um, there, there are a ton listed here. I'm, I'm not going to read them all, um, but basically, they have created a a product that specializes in mobile online travel and mobile commerce, and and so I think that's really cool. I, I do like we're in a pandemic. Are people still traveling? I don't know. I'm not, but you travel. You know, well, I, I don't. I, I don't travel or I haven't traveled for quite some time. Um, but yeah. I did talk to someone recently who traveled over Christmas break and was shocked that the planes were 100% full. You know, and yeah. he, he you know, was saying, I can't go to a restaurant up the street because it can't be over 20%, but we were elbow to elbow on the planes. Now, um, I just published a video in the Startup Hustle YouTube channel, and you should probably go check it out and subscribe, just the channel in general, because it's where we're going to be giving updates and where we will be publishing our future episodes of Startup Hustle TV, which is like right upon us, people. So don't wait. But I did just publish, a, I did a, um, a video about the top startups and tech stars and 500 startups were both on that list. If you want to check out what who else was on the list um i went through a, i can't even remember eight to ten companies and talked about the why you know meaning like what why they do what they do and how they do because uh startup accelerators are different for everyone but yeah this is this is probably a, a company that has gone through a world of crap um yeah. in, in 2020 and probably now who knows i mean <laughs> you, there's probably some disruption uh, ready to occur and travel, but that that's, that's a challenge to get into, but they look like they're well capitalized. So I'm, I mean, their last round of funding was the last day of 2020. So they got something going on because people didn't shy away. Yeah, from like, Really in the end and really in the end, all that's coming back eventually. The question is just when. Right. And I mean, just imagine like how, I mean, how cool does your product have to be to be able to get that investor buy-in and confidence enough to the point where you're, you're raising that level of funding when your industry has been gravely impacted as much as like, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Next on the list. And I'm hoping I'm going to say this right. Parcel, P-A-R- S-Y-L. And Parcel's an IoT supply chain data platform that delivers pioneering cargo insurance solutions for shippers of perishable goods. 
So let's talk about that for a second. Um, you know, this whole supply chain it was, you want to talk about how and why it's so important. All right, why did you run out of toilet paper last year? And it's not, be, well, some people would say it was because of COVID or it's because of panic. It was yeah. actually because our supply chain is, so toilet paper is a very low margin product. It's one of those things that grocery stores carry because if they did, if, if your local grocery store didn't have toilet paper, you wouldn't buy groceries there. So right. with that, it's big, it's bulky and it's, you know, and it's not, it's not profitable. So they really only kind of keep it in as much of it in place as they need. It's one of those things that over the years has become very predictable. Well, all of a sudden our supply chain was dramatically disrupted when COVID hit because people were buying things in unusual patterns and stuff like that. And then different other different problems were occurring. So the ability to manage the supply chain or like when trucks bring things or ships arrive or stuff like that is crucial to you living the life that you are accustomed to living people. And, you know, when it comes to, to perishable stuff, it's even worse because you right. can't have a two day delay on a truck full of bananas or something like that. That can be really, really bad. And it's not a great thing. So we've seen, I've seen uh, just globally and all around a lot, especially you talk about things that really, really, really drew more attention and funding when it came to in innovating, creating efficiency and doing a lot of other stuff. Supply chain technology was really big with that. So they're getting pretty damn precise. You know, I, I just got to I'll give you this is a super like not great example. But so I, I just I got an iPad. Uh, iPad Air for Christmas, and I just bought an Apple Pencil. And Apple told me this morning, I got a text that said, we will deliver your Apple Pencils at 1041 a.m. And they were here ex at 1040. And that is supply chain management. That's knowing and like, so Amazon, it, Amazon doesn't actually make stuff. Amazon's technically a logistics company and, and the world's largest consignment shop. Because that's exactly what they're doing. But that kind of supply chain and understanding is really what, and Amazon's changed that so much for all of us because, right. well, we have a higher expectation that that's I know, you know, delivery sad. in 24 hours, 48 hours. Like, yeah, it's completely kind of reconceptualized how we think of, of delivery, like the, the customer journey from purchase to receipt. Um, so, yeah. Sure. Interesting. By the way, this next company, if if you want to make their name my nickname going forward, I'm okay I, with that. I was going to talk about their name too. I love this company's name. It totally makes me think of like, I I don't know, like fighter jets and, you know, things like it. It's very cool. So Stackhawk, Stackhawk. I can call you Stackhawk. I feel like that's something yeah, that, that yeah, we sure. can do. Uh, but so in addition to, to having a very cool name, which I dig, um, Stackhawk does a very, very cool thing for developers. And I know that you're going to have a lot to say about this one, because this probably speaks to something that you are very familiar with, but Stackhawk makes it simple for developers to find triage and fix application security bugs. Oh my God. Game changer. Um, it'll scan your, your application for AppSec bugs and the code your team wrote, and then they will help you fix it um, with provided documentation. Automate that in your pipeline to prevent future bugs from hitting production, which is 
that's huge for development teams. Um, I mean, yeah. How do you think that your team over at full scale, like awesome badasses that they are, like, how do you think they'd feel about that? I think they'd be excited. And, and so when I hear stack hawk, so you often refer to your technology stack. So if that's a hawk that's looking at it now, I've gotten pretty familiar with this because uh, uh, Matt Watson's business, Stackify, is applica application performance management. Now, uh, and there's a, a, all these awesome tools out there that get to work on this kind of stuff. Now, this is a big undertaking because, um, you know, one of the things that, that, you know, they're dealing with it and everyone deals with in the world of tech is there's a gazillion coding languages and frameworks and platforms. They're always changing. They're getting updates. So you take taking on a lot by by servicing this stuff now the thing the 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 cool thing about platforms like this and why they're important is uh honestly most of the time these kind of problems exist and so like when you go to any website say you go to at&t and you want to do something in your account and you cl click a button and it doesn't work so there's in a server somewhere, there's a, there's a log that, that responds and it just says, null, 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 null. Now, you know, so, but that's it. Now, the thing is, is, is eventually if you don't have these kind of things that check for that stuff, so invariably that error was probably someone typing and they fat fingered and they put two forward slashes rather than one. Right. And, and the thing is, is you just don't, you know, you spend so much time in QA and all these little things that can be wrong with your application and you don't realize it until you either find it or maybe a user is kind enough to go out of their way to tell you. The problem is, is I've always had this theory that that one person that uh, that was kind enough to tell you something was broken or complain about it represents about 500 people that didn't and just were like, this sucks and they move on and yeah. it's those kind of problems and those little null responses and software that um that can really frustrate users and are very difficult to identify uh for for developers so right. yeah i mean yeah definitely cool stuff especially if it fixes the problem i mean that's a whole nother thing it's one thing to say hey you might have a problem it's another thing to say hey this is this is how you should probably fix it Right. And, well, you know, th this is th this is interesting stuff because, you know, a lot of no code and other things are coming out that are making it a lot easier for the general user, not that isn't like a developer or a tech company to build stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes. Yeah. I, but, you know, that is awesome. I can't imagine what a relief it would be for developers. Who is up next, Stackhawk? By the way, there's one other thing. There's no oh. such thing as software. There's no such thing as software without bugs. Yeah, doesn't I mean, exist. Like literally, uh, there's like sixty thousand known bugs in Microsoft Word, which was like the original software. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Functionality next, uh, over form is kind of like, does it work? Okay, great. Let's you know, let's be happy. That's that's my rule. But if you talk to if you talk to other people, uh, developers, like they might not care as much and by the way we have a facebook user that's live streaming that is has confirmed that here we go put it up on the screen stackhawk is a good nickname for you matt so I, it, it works it rolls off the tongue for you like i just called you stackhawk and i was like that felt right yeah yeah, yeah. it's a perfect name for someone that's not a software developer right so 
I'll probably get called a poser next time I'm around. All right, next on the list, Piven Interactive. And uh, Piven, uh, another Boulder company. You know, look, I, I mentioned at the top of the episode, we got some companies from Boulder. We're not gonna, we weren't gonna do a separate list for Boulder, but Boulder's become this, you know, super hot spot for a lot of startups. And it's so close to Denver, it's almost kind of mushed together. So we'll count it as the same metropolitan area. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't technically live in Kansas City. I live in Leewood, Kansas. So, I mean, am I not on the list? If, oh, yes, right. I don't make it onto lists. Okay. Given <laughs> Interactive is a bold, is a Boulder oh, Colorado. Man. Um, and they provide advanced training and analytics for amateur and competitive gaming athletes. It's powered by computer vision and AI. So computer vision is an open source platform that uh, that helps computers use neural networks or the same thing that's occurring in your brain when you see depth. So a computer looks at like Lauren, I see in the live stream, I see two bookshelves and there's a corner behind you. Computer didn't see it that way. So computer vision right. fixes that. This is a computer vision's driving, literally driving things like uh, self-driving cars and other stuff like that. And there aren't a whole lot of people that are high-level high experts at it. So they're really taking on some stuff that needs to be... I, I'm curious to learn more about how they're training uh, e-gaming athletes. I can't believe you can get a college degree or a college scholarship for playing Fortnite, by the way. I mean, how, like, why not? Like, it's such a... such a I, Yeah, it just seems weird. Industry. I'm like, clearly, it has a lot of I'm eyeballs old. on it you know I'm so, I'm so old i'm i'm so old that i had atari when it came out <sighs> shut the front door that did just age like, you a little like, bit i had like, one I but had, it was it was like an old technology older technology at that point oh man. i i remember <laughs> as a very small child seeing pong on my neighbor's tv and i was just like you just like blown away yeah I still, this contraption I I still am because I'm still no good at it. And 40, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be 46 soon. Well, so wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about Tetris? I can play some Tetris. You can play mainly. some Tetris? Okay. That was like my yeah, time. Yeah, yeah okay. my dad too, Nintendo, on the original Nintendo Entertainment System, which by the way, we got our kids and we got ourselves on that, a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. Nice. It was certainly for our kids, but my wife's downstairs. For the kids. <laughs> yeah, my wife's downstairs playing Animal Crossing and don't be, and I, I have, I'll tell you what, I am a roller coaster tycoon. I have built an amazing amusement nice. park um, that is probably ignored all safety protocols. So you might only want to visit virtually. All right. Who's Fair. next? Fair. Well, next up, next company on the list, we have Zestful, which I, I really like this this name it, it, and I really like this company. It, it, it speaks to my heart. So uh, they do not. <laughs> so Zestful is the ultimate employee perk. They make it easy for companies of all sizes to reward their team with products and services. Um, it looks like they're they're all about employee satisfaction. And when your employees are satisfied, like it increases their loyalty. They you see more longevity. You see better performance. And so finding ways to plug into your employees and reward them for their their behavior and to make sure that they feel appreciated. 
Um, you know, if you're a company that helps employees be happy, you're doing a really good thing, not only for the employees themselves, but you're you're also helping it, like increase the seat, like the bottom line. You know, I mean, everything that you do to support your employees supports your company. And I'm a firm believer in that. So so when you have a tool that allows you to personalize allowances, um, you know, hook employees up with recurring rewards and bonuses. Um, that's really cool because that shows your employees that you value them, you value their work. And if you're going to make like Zestful makes that easier. And I, I just love that. It looks like they have raised um, 6.2 million in funding over four rounds. So clearly there are people out there who agree like that's really important. Have you ever worked somewhere and they had some bonus or incentive and you were like, I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what this fixes. And yeah. that's, that, I, that's important because, and by the way, it's tricky because the bigger your company gets, the harder it is because some people don't care about one thing and some people are really driven by another and being yeah. able to customize benefits and perks and the things that really move people forward. And I love anything that, that gives an, an employee based participants in something, uh, what feels like a vested interest in the success of whatever you're doing. And that's yeah. hard to find. And honestly, that's why, you know, cash is king when it comes to this, because I can give you money and you can buy or do whatever you can afford to do with that money. So there is a little wild card component of that, but the problem yeah. is that becomes that becomes tricky as well because there's different levels of compensation. There's things uh, it's I don't know. There's you got to pay taxes on it. I so I got to tell you, like when I worked for Boeing, they had a really strong employee loyalty program and like i have stuff that i got from boeing years ago that i still have and like i have very like deeply happy associated memories because they were giving away high quality stuff um that i still carry with me and so now like when i look back at my time on boeing i'm like you know they treated me really well and and zestful is gonna is gonna help companies do that and like create that experience for their employees like that's awesome i love it <laughs> Speaking, speaking of high quality stuff, did you know we started a TV show? You know, I, I had heard a rumor. Yeah. That's good because you're in it. So if you didn't know that by now, then we've been filming you. Is that true? There you go. A little road kit there. So I carry yeah. this thing with me like everywhere I go. <laughs> do you? I do. I do. I, I don't always remember to use it but or upload so, it, but I do carry it with me. A couple of things before we name the last company on the list and, and talk about the ones that really stood out to us as we got to know them. Um, if you get a chance, head over to YouTube, check out what we're doing with Startup Puzzle TV. We're going to show you the real look at entrepreneurship. You can even see a video of me being quite candid on one of the worst days as an entrepreneur uh, that I had in a while, which is now lovingly known as the FU failure video where I told failure it could F off now. And that's okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we've been working on this for a long time. I'm really excited about it. And it is finally time. I'm like, so ready to just like do it. Cause I'm like, yeah. it's just like, just, I'm done talking about it. I'm ready to release it. And also it's quit sending me stuff that I can't share. Like it drives me crazy. He sends me, he's like, here's this really awesome video. Check it out, but you can't share it. You can't tell anybody about it. You gotta wait. And I'm like, do you realize what torment you are inflicting on me when yeah, you're asking me not to share awesome stuff? 
I do. It's actually become a game for me and why I, I do it. You know it. And I that with you, which is amazing, of course. Yeah. So it's on, on a side note of that, I have the drafts for the first three episodes, which if I showed you, then you'd really be mad. It, you couldn't care. It's okay that you not. Like I can be, I mean, you've showed me like some of the stuff, but it's okay. Like I, I can be surprised. <laughs> so we'll get there. All right. So last, the last company on the list. And once again, that does not mean that they are last out of all of our rankings because we didn't rank them. We're just mentioning them. This was alphabetical. Last company is Yaguara. That's Y-A-G-U-A-R-A. I think I said that right, but I am not sure if I did or not. So Yaguara is the only fully connected and collaborative platform for commerce companies that centralize data, put it into context, and then offer key insights and recommendations, mm -hmm. empowering them to be more data-informed, transparent, and forward-looking. Okay, back to data. Data is a big thing right now and the way you handle it. So everyone talks about data. Well, data is everywhere. What you do with it and your actionable response to it yes. is what actually matters. So it doesn't do you any good to say, oh, we could have predicted that that ship was going to hit the rocks. Right. You need to literally be able to say, beep, 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 it's you're headed towards the rocks. You need to be able to do something. Well, not and only that, you're headed toward the rocks, but then here's what you do. You need to like veer, change your orientation, you know, 10 degrees to the left or whatever. This one's the best and whatever, because the bigger your company yeah. gets and the more data you handle and all that, the harder it is to deal with that in a real-time situation. So yeah, anything, you know, I mean, overall, I mean, Yaguara is a computer software company that specializes in e-commerce business operations and performance management. Sell more or spend less. Nice. That's the key. That's the, key. That's the That's, whole It's thing. a really fun word to say, Yaguara. Yaguara, Yaguara. Yaguara, not yeah. as fun as Stackhawk, Stackhawk, but Yaguara is pretty fun. So yeah. is Stackhawk your favorite name? Uh, yeah. It's fine. Okay. I know it's yours because yeah. it's your your new nickname, apparently. Mate, yeah, I think so. Like, I, I, I mean, Yaguara is fun to say. I like Zestful. It makes me happy. But Stackhawk is it, it's pretty damn cool. So. Oh, you know, you, you just made me realize I mentioned these were alphabetical, but Zestful was in front of Yaguara. So that's a great example of bad data management right there. So I thought, yeah, yeah. I was kind of curious about that. Like when I was going down the list, I saw Zestful and I was like, oh, cool, stopping point. And then, nope, there's one more. <laughs> Maybe Yaguara just jumped out at our at our crack research team that you know really got into this. So look, this was a big list. I mean, which companies stood out, like, regardless of who announced them? I mean, what what do you like? I mean, surprising absolutely nobody. I'm like all about robotics. So Misty Robotics was super cool. I love robots. I'm kind of obsessed with robots. I will welcome the robot overlords when they come. So so very excited about that. Um, definitely thought that Atomos was really cool. And I do feel like talking to the CEO, Vanessa Clark, like that was a great opportunity because she totally over my head, like we're talking about satellites and we're talking about physics and like payload. And I understood maybe like 1% of it, but I, I still think that what they're doing is very cool because they're making space accessible, um, to people. And, and that's, it's pretty bitchin'. Um, I don't know. How about you? Like, which, which ones did you like? 
Well, first off, I like Glovebox because I I like it when when founders solve like it doesn't like sometimes the the most useful or utilitarian solutions they're not robots or AI or computer vision or stuff like that. Like that's a, that's a company that's doing something that they don't have any competition and, you know, and, and that says something they have 35,000, you know, independent insurance agencies to deal with and a Rolodex of people they've already done business with. And, and look, the reason why I like that is because they've raised $150,000. Yeah. Not not ninety nine million, not any of that other stuff. One hundred and fifty k, and self funded the rest, or got into different accelerators. So I like them for the simplicity of it. Um, I you know I like flat file uh, as well because that's yeah. a problem I've had in the past, and like sure. I think that often like you know that's like that's a straightforward thing. I mean that that's probably a plugin. You know, that's, and, and, you know, there's like these weird little, there's riches in the niches people. So you got to find them. And I like what Hyperia does, because I think that um, it's, you know, anything that begins to try to help you get your arms around where people are failing with their experience with your business is really insightful. And that's not, that's hard to quantify. I mean, it really, really is. I mean, anything short of just picking up the phone and calling all your users and being like, come on, dude, just tell me. Cause people won't tell you, people will hate what you do and your product and they, and they're nice. Right. If you want to ask me, I'll give you a real opinion. I mean, I really will. It is, like, it is really I mean, difficult like, to find like real actionable feedback. Um, is it, do you think it's like a Midwest thing? Like people are, we talk about like that Midwestern nice versus kind, like it's kind to tell somebody the truth I and help them, but it's general. nice to say, Hey, you're great. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's people in general. I think people inherently don't like to be the bearer of bad tidings or it's yeah. uncomfortable or it's easier to say, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and now it's funny because I've developed a reputation for my candor, as you are aware. Um, and I have and a whole I have had the benefit that, of, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm really high up on a lot of call lists for that reason. Like yeah. it's not uncommon for me to get a call or like or like a message like, hey, can I talk to you soon? I need to talk to someone that I know that'll tell me the truth. Right. Uh, but but I think that's important, you know, like why did you call? So I but I it does come with a disclaimer. I tell people I'm like I uh, two rules. One, you can't be mad at me if I don't tell you what you want to hear. And second part is I'm not gonna argue with you about whether I'm right and you're wrong. Right. I'll give you my opinion. It is what it is, what you do with it. That's up to you, but I'll give you my exact opinion. And you know, honestly, like it's, it's a tough pill for some people to swallow. Cause I mean, I've had calls with people even early as early as this new year of 2021, where I just tell them the truth. I'm like, you don't have a whole lot to work with here. You're going to have a very difficult time finding investors to doing a lot of stuff. So just know what you're getting into. I'm really just trying to save people from, from falling into the money pit on many days. And then also like, I think that as a business owner myself, like I, I just, I call it entrepreneur. It's like entrepreneur's courtesy. Like if, if there's something at your business that I see that is just abysmally fucked, I would want you, like, you should want me to tell you that so you can fix it. Cause if you're clearly not seeing it, 
And it's like, you know, and I mean, sometimes that goes well. well and sometimes and I, I think that like, so, like entrepreneurs, I think some of the best entrepreneurs are those who remove the ego from the process. So, so that you, it's, you have to have a little bit of ego, I think, fundamentally to be an entrepreneur to say, I can do this better. I am the best person and I can create the best organization to innovate or disrupt and to, to do this thing or to make this thing. And so I think that you like have to have a found a little bit of foundational ego there, right? I've got the best idea and I'm going to run with it. But that being said, like once you have made that decision and access that level of ego, it's like you have to you have to kind of divorce yourself from the rest of the ego because you're going to hear things you don't want to hear, but that could be helpful and instructive. And, you know, maybe like to your point, like maybe something doesn't work and I, I want to hear about it because I want to fix it because I want to make my product or service better and stronger. And so so some yeah some of the best entrepreneurs are those who can listen to someone like you who is you know i don't necessarily think you're an asshole about it like i've never walked away from one of our you know come to jesus talks where you're like I, i'm like you've never made me cry so thank you for that um, give it time <laughs> shut up <laughs> something to look forward to uh but you know I walk away from those experiences like maybe my ego is a little bruised, but I also feel like I have received feedback of value that is going to help make my organization, my baby, better and stronger, right? And that's the yeah. There's, thing. Well, there's there's a big difference between being mean and yeah. being a, a dick. You know, right. like, I mean that's a completely different thing. Like, I mean, and and I'm you know at least my attempt at doing it is like, hey, look, these are some of the things that I've spotted that are pretty clear to me. Yeah. And, you know, but, but I'm not, I, I don't ever say like, you have to do this. I might I mean, challenge it's a you. A point. It's a reference point that yeah. you can, yeah. you can refer to for context. You can follow up on, you can ask other people about, and it's like a jumping off point in the conversation to future refinement and iteration. And we all know that the entrepreneurial process is constant iteration, right? Yeah. yeah. And well, I mean, the, the thing is, is, is you said earlier in the episode that you liked me. Thank you once That's again safe. for that. But <laughs> I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, if I didn't like you, I wouldn't even waste my time because I wouldn't care. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. go figure, good luck. Um, yeah. You know, with that, and, and, you know, I'll kind of re close this episode. So first off, this is a fun last. The Denver, congrats yeah. on having so much cool stuff going on. Seriously. I, I, I would have loved to have been able to to go do this in Denver because that just would have been fun. But, been so you know, fun. so so look, one of the things that the last thing that really stood out to me is, you know, one of these companies that was in here was involved in a local startup accelerator here in Kansas City. Now, whether you're going to KC or anywhere else, like there's a hell of a lot of opportunity out there. There's a lot of different stuff that you can sign your business up to, including potentially being on Startup Hustle TV. So you can go to startuphustle.xyz, learn all about that. Make sure you follow us. Episode one is coming soon, people. And so soon. We'll get to, you will get to see how awesome Lauren is on a day in and day out basis, how incredibly composed and uh, camera friendly and also what a strong grasp, grasp she has on cameras in general. Shut up. <laughs> he, for those of you who haven't <laughs> followed Matt in my journey, in. he, ha Just he has this in. idea that it. I don't know how to work cameras. And I do. 
I wanted to be. I have you on film saying you don't know how to work a camera and don't tell Matt. Yeah. You just handed me this thing that I had never held before. No, right, that was anyway. different footage. That was different I, I'm, footage. I'm ignoring I literally you. have you Our on listeners, I know how to work cameras. I promise you. Matt, you're you're done. You're you're a done cause. <laughs> I am done. I am done. I'll see you next time. <laughs> Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io. Helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button. Then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.